The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today I'm joined by Keisha Williams, real estate broker with Fulton Grace Realty. Keisha, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am actually wonderful. Thank you for being here again. It's just uh, a pleasure to have you and get to know you. And yeah, let's let's get, let's get started. All right. Now you've been in the business quite a long time. I mean, I don't know how, but you don't look like it. But almost twenty-five years, right? Uh, or actually, even a little longer um, in real estate. Absolutely, um, r- real estate. Um, is actually my second career. Um, my first career was in the mortgage industry, and I right, started right, right, that. Right. I think what ninety nine. Yeah, is when I when I um, got my first mortgage job. Like I said, it doesn't look like it. Thank you. <laughs> but um, what drew you to it, or how'd you get started in the business? Because it wasn't like you were originally in loans. You were doing everything, operations, you know, everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was younger, I was kind of struggling with what I wanted to do. And I I got a job within the mortgage industry. And it's actually the first time I had a job where I didn't get bored quickly. Mm. Um, I found that it was so much uh, to learn. It was intriguing to me. And so I started out within the mortgage industry um, in operations. So I just kind of played around, you know, with different uh, positions and learned a lot within operations. Um, I became a loan officer, underwriter, oh, um, wow. things like that, processing. And so, like I said, I played around with a few different um, roles uh, within the industry. And I just, I learned so much. And I just kind of wanted to continue to learn in yeah. different positions. So that's kind of where I started. And then during a recession in 2008, is when I decided to go ahead and get my my license. Like, everyone knows it's running out. You're like, I'm gonna run in. Exactly. <laughs> now, um, you didn't even go to school for any of those. You went to school for fashion. I did. I mean, you look great, and you have that fashion sense. But yeah, so you know, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big change. Huge change, yeah. right? So I quickly, I didn't go to fashion school directly from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up having a kid, and so I was a, I was derailed. And anyway, so I decided later on that um, I was really interested in fashion. I love things, mm-hmm. all things beautiful. Yeah. I love uh, aesthetics, <laughs> and, you know, I love home decor, and just I just love that type of thing. So house fashion, home fashion, I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love to decorate, you know, decorate my home. I love to decorate myself, you know. So, for sure, for sure. So it, it felt natural for me to go down that road. And um, I quickly found out that, hey, in order for me to make the type of money that I need to make as a single parent, I'm going to have to do X, Y, Z. Well, I didn't have time to do X, Y, Z. I needed to find a way to make money because I at that time I had a kid. So yeah, like it's right just now. like, like it's yeah, like right now. It's right right now. I yeah. need to make money. Yeah. So, um, so I you know I did a little little bit of um, uh, wholesaling and things like that within the fashion industry. But then I decided that I was always interested in real estate. You know, I love pretty houses. So it goes back to the aesthetics, and you know I just decided you know one day actually. I went and applied, uh, took the test to get my real estate license. This is before 
This is when I was like in the beginning phases of working in the mortgage industry. And guess what? Hmm. I did not pass. Really? I failed miserably. Yes. And so the first time around, I did not make it. (laughs) So uh, I just continued on to start to work in the mortgage industry. And then several years later, I decided to give it another shot. Good for you, though. I mean, first of all, Congratulations on everything, right? I mean, the, the success and looking back on it, it's something that I'm sure you're proud of. But you know, it's these moments that you get to reflect, right? It seems like you had to overcome a lot, but it doesn't appear that way when you, when, when as you talk about it right now, you have this just great smile, and it would seem like oh, like everything was just fine and easy, right? But it wasn't, I'm sure. And for you to have gone through those things, make these decisions, and just kind of persevere through that, what's the biggest thing that you can look back on and say that you know got you through those moments, or maybe there were times that you did want to quit but you didn't? You know, what was the mindset that you had to take on to get to this point where we're at today? Against all, I don't say against all odds, but they weren't necessarily in your favor, right? You're right. I had a lot to overcome, um, but my biggest motivator were probably my children. Like I had kids very young. Um, I've always wanted like the finer things in life. Like I always <laughs> like nice things and I just didn't want a mediocre life. Sure. I didn't want to struggle working paycheck to paycheck. So I always had that within me. And I'm thinking about my children and my kids and I want them to experience things and have a good life. Yeah. So that was probably my biggest motivator. And was that something you were brought up with or was like it was the opposite? You know, what created this desire to have these nice things? Right. Did you see that growing up or was it that because you didn't that you wanted it? I think it's because I didn't have it. So my Mm. my family came from the south. They migrated here in Chicago um, when I think before I was even born. Okay. And so we also like your parents did. Yeah. Oh no way. Yeah. So we didn't have much. Yeah, yeah. We did not have much. uh, So I always desired it. It's funny because I have two siblings, and they're nothing like we're all totally opposite. Interesting. Yeah. And it's just like... That nature versus nurture, right? I, yeah. I was I was like the black sheep of the family. I'm the middle child. I'm a true middle child. <laughs> That's so, so funny. I broke all the rules, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, that, but that again, it goes back to if, if you have these thoughts and, and again, I don't want to say it's that everything is against you, right? Or But they're not in your favor. How do you... Uh, it's, it's just a matter of then desire, right? Is it, is it just wanting something so bad that you're going to figure it out? Because, you know, when you say I'm a single mom or, you know, have these, my kids are my motivation, um, a lot of people could easily say my kids are the reason I don't, you know, take chances or it seems like too much of a risk to, to get into a business where it's commission-based or it's this, that, or the other, right? What do you, how, how did you come to terms with that or how were you okay with that? Uh, I think it's my dad's side that because um, I think I take after him far as my being risky. Mm. You know, I, I, I will take <laughs> a chance. Black, black yeah. sheep, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's him. My mom was always a hard worker. She worked multiple jobs all through our childhood just to take care of us. So I feel like I got a little bit from both of them. Sure, sure. You know, his, from her just being a hard worker and knowing that you got to do what it takes. You know, from him, it's more so being taking chances, taking risk. And betting on yourself, it seems and like, bet- too. Oh, you know? yeah. A lot of betting on myself. So how, how was it being, you know, a single mom? I'm assuming single mom when you were going through this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you use those experiences and teach? You know, you could, what would you say or how would you use those moments to, I don't know, uh, like involve them in, in kind of your evolution as well, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> um. 
Or did, or did you try to keep that from them and like have mom role be one thing and then, you know, business life be another thing? And have you seen that change maybe? Yeah, it's funny because I, I don't think I was thinking about it back then. Right. It's like full circle now. Yeah. I can see it clearly. But back then I wasn't, I was just doing what I had to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, as a single mother, I mean, I always encouraged, like my oldest son, he played a lot of sports. Mm. So, you know, I always encouraged him about, you know, just, you know, pushing yourself. Like your coach should not you should not be irritated when your coach is pushing you because you should be harder on yourself than anyone else can be on you. Right. So, you know, that's just things that I taught them, but I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's full circle now and it looks so clear, but back then I was just kind of going through the motions of things. Well, maybe what's so clear about you or what to you now, how could you translate that into some advice for people or, you know, whether it be single women, um, mothers or, um, Sorry, single, single mothers or even single fathers, right? But people who feel this kind of hesitation because of the risk and not being in a position, at, at least they feel like they can't do that, right? Um, or they don't have that, 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 I don't know, the way that you view things, right? That mindset. What, what would you say or what advice would you give to people who want that but just are struggling to overcome that initial fear to get them to that point? Um, I think mean, one of the things that worked for me is just kind of surrounding myself with people around people that, you know, are doing what I want to do. People that are smarter than me, people that, you know, I aspire to be like. So I first changed my circle, you know, and that so you were very intentional about that. Oh, yeah, that 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 definitely helped propel myself in my career. Um, because I surrounded myself around like-minded people and people that are already successful in the areas that I wish to have that success. Yeah. And, and changing your mindset. You know, if you if you have this I can't do mindset, then you're probably not going to do. For sure. You know. And that's one of the things that you had mentioned, and I'm glad that you brought up that. You know, it's, it's awesome, you know, the intentionality you have of, of who you surround yourself with, but also that – You'd mentioned, you know, whoever you vibe with is who you vibe with, right? And that's how you know. And maybe describe that a little bit to me of how you've gone on to build relationships now over the last almost 15 years as being a real estate broker where you've been more intentional about the relationships you build, the clients as well, though, right? Where it's not just taking whoever comes your way at this point, you're being a little more selective about who you represent uh, in a transaction, right? Oh, absolutely. So um, I love the space that I'm in now because... It's all about vibes for me. Mm. You know, I don't feel of desperation that I have to work with everyone that comes my my way. You know, if we're not vibing, you know, I'll be happy to refer you out to X, Y, Z. I think this may be a better fit for you. (laughs) So, you know, it's all about the vibe. And, you know, if if we're not vibing, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You're not meant to vibe with everyone. For sure. You know, so I really, really, I'm, I, I really pay attention to the vibes, and that means a lot. So that kind of what that's what leads me. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like it's very different from when you first started, right? Oh, <laughs> like absolutely. I got to make money now, and here's what it is, and right. Yeah. No, exactly. Full circle, right? Full um, circle. So, how have you seen that change for you then, and not only in the you know intentionality of your relationships, but also the way that you've had to market yourself? Where over the last, I mean, when you first started, social media wasn't 
It wasn't a thing yet, right? I don't think at all yet. Not really. Yeah, no. No, it kind of transitioned as I was. Yeah, because no, it wasn't. Like, it was Mm -hmm. MySpace back then. I think that was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, like, that's when Facebook had just come out for universities, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we didn't even have access if you weren't in in college or whatever. So, yeah, how how have you then over the years, and, you know, not only just in real estate as a broker, but uh, in in the mortgage life as well, how have you seen that evolve and how have you had to overcome or not overcome, adapt? to the uh, changing time when it comes to uh, creating connections and relationships? Um, Well, like you said, when I first started, we didn't have social media. So we actually spoke to people in person. Yeah. We went to a lot more networking events. Oh, really? Yeah. You would say that uh, you saw a lot more of that back then? Absolutely. So, I mean, because that was really the, that was the key way to engage with people back then. Now you have multiple ways to do that. You know, you can face-to-face, you can virtual, social media, things like that. But back then, networking was huge. So that's how I, you know, uh, built my network, um, primarily when I was a loan officer. Before Mm. I became a realtor, you know, I did a lot of networking events. (laughs) And I met people in person, and we talked, and, you know, it was more face-to-face interaction. And so now, I think of social media as just another platform it's a great platform. I mean, you, you get to advertise yourself almost for free, pretty much. <laughs> right? No, you really do. Yeah. And I mean, I see a lot of positive things coming out of it. Obviously, there's always good and bad. But for the most part, I see a lot of positive things coming from social media. For sure. And you have to learn how to adapt with the change. You got to look, this is where people are at. So this is where you want to be. For sure. In front of these people. So social media, to me, I feel like is is. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can be, right? Like, yeah, for well, It's sure. like electricity, right? You mm-hmm. can uh, use it to power your house or you can fry yourself, right? Exactly. Like, so you be careful, right? <laughs> Same thing with social media. You can how use you it. use it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then, you know, also just I wanted to bring up how you did come in at a time when, um, like, it was, it was terrible times back then, like 08, 09. And here you have people who I see it as just more so because I was in it you know, living it, living it out, and, and even in the finance world, and my dad was in real estate, but like that um, today's generation, or at least the most recent generation of realtors back in you know 2020, 21, that saw this amazing boom, and everyone was lining up 30 people deep to go into a house, and then all of a sudden, interest rates are seemingly normal or not at these astronomic lows that people are freaking out, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's there's cause to worry a little bit, but. What are you seeing as a difference between those times? And, you know, how do you stay reassured through this and not running for the door um, like a lot of people tend to do? Well, first and foremost, I went through that period in 2008. I was there. I saw how it how it how it all panned out. Right. Right. It was a totally, totally different market back then. Um, Back then. We had a housing crash. (laughs) You know, it was all it all came from. The mortgage industry, right? Now, what we're in right now is not a housing crash. It's not, you know, we're we're in, we dealing with inflation. We're dealing with the pandemic. Um, none of this it has anything to do with the housing market. The housing market is just going to be affected, just like so many other industries are being affected right now. So back then, it was just crazy. Back then, <laughs> like, like they were giving away mortgages. All you need is, you know, a signature. You right, know, right. hey, you every you get a mortgage, you get a mortgage. Everyone gets a mortgage. It was like that, right? And so it just kind of came crashing down, yeah, which no, rightfully really so it should, yeah, right? right? But this time around, 
I just feel like we're just a, we're just one industry of many that's right. affected by inflation. So it's not going to be a huge crash. Right. You know, that's a great point. And then as far as the mindset around it, you know, going into it, um, I'm sure there was, like I said, a little bit of, of concern going in. But what mindset did you have to take on? And, 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 and how can you translate that into today's kind of situation where people are freaking out? What would, what would you say to those people and just say, you know, I've been through this before and this is what it is. But how do you just maintain that balance of, uh, of it's going to be OK? <laughs> um, for me, it's just the experience, yeah. I think. It's just knowing, just looking at the history of the real estate market and mortgages and things like that and what typically happens. What goes what goes up always comes down, goes back up again, you know. So and then also, I think, um, you know, making when things are good making sure you're planning for unexpected right things that could come up right so that is that's huge because i didn't do that the first time around second time around i feel way more prepared because it's like i kind of thought this was coming sooner i thought you know during the pandemic we all in the mortgage, and I mean, in the real estate industry, we were thinking that we were gonna <laughs> see some changes then, but it actually was great changes, right? right? When right. we're all busy, but now we're starting to see the decline, right, right? Right. And so, you know, we were kind of preparing for that. A lot of us were already preparing for what could potentially happen. Yeah. You know, especially if you've been through two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You know, you know, you gotta. Gotta do things a little differently. You Absolutely. Know? So, so what is? How does that change things for you in terms of how you view the future then and moving forward? And and now that you've been through really two right recessions, and mm-hmm. how does that shape how you are focused on on the future in, in terms of business? Oh, this is a prime time for planning. Yeah. I'm planning. I'm restructuring. I'm creating systems so that when things do turn around, that I'm way more efficient and I can take on more business because of the efficiency I created. Yeah. So that's I'm, I'm taking advantage of this time. And, and you're also trying to grow your team, if it's okay to say, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Tell me about that and what you're looking for and what the vision is with that. Um, so... For me, it's more about getting the good a good fit. I don't want bodies. And you just started, right, with doing this, with growing the team? Oh, yeah. I okay. haven't even really started. Like, okay, I'm, okay. I'm in the very, very beginning stages of creating, you know, bringing people on. So yeah, I'm looking, yeah. I'm only looking for maybe two to three um, buyers, agents to start off with, you know, just okay. someone, a few people to kind of help out when, when it gets crazy, you right, know. Right. I'm only one person. So <laughs> it's like, I can't be you know, at five different places at one time. So having a buyers, a few buyer, buyer agents is going to be the first step. Um, and then just mentoring them. You know, one of the things that I found is that, you know, um, a lot of agents sign up with brokerages and they don't have a clue what they're doing. Mm. They don't have mentors. And I think, you know, I feel like I did not know what I was doing until I got a mentor. How, how much into your career did you get a mentor? Um, probably about, Three years after oh, having okay. my license. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't wait too too long. I mean, but not too you, long. But, but but long enough to where yeah you felt what it was not to have one, right? You could appreciate oh, it. Absolutely. And I it was like night and day. Yeah. You know, I didn't really even know how to 
properly show properties like it's so much to learn and so much that we should be doing as agents that a lot of us are kind of just winging it yeah. especially when you first get your license and because you, you don't know right so you know having a mentor is really really important and so I want to be that to my agents that's going to sign up with me so that they know what they're doing you yeah. know not that I know everything but I'm going to hold your hand and help you and we're going to figure it out together well, look at that. I was going to ask how, you know, how, how one could go about getting a mentor. But, you know, obviously, if they're looking for one, they can they can call you and that'd be a good fit for, to, to join the team as well. But for those that, you know, maybe in a different state or just don't have access um, or not in the Chicagoland area. But what what advice would you give to get a mentor? Because sometimes that seems like the hardest thing is to ask for help. Right. It's not like you go to a website, and you know, like find a mentor for me dot com or something. Right. It's something that's in your industry, someone, you know, someone you trust. How do you approach someone to just ask them? Right. Um, I would probably start out with maybe talking to their managing broker, yeah. uh, having a conversation with the managing broker and see if they if that managing broker can assist. Mm. And then if you don't find the, the help that you need with with your managing broker, then you have to, you know, we should be networking, you know, because a mentor does not necessarily have to work in the same brokerage as you. Right. You may just meet someone that you just hit it off with that has good vibes and you really like the way that they do their business. Hey, reach out to them. Start, you know, maybe start, you know, um, invite them out for coffee. Hey, I like to, you know, get to know you a little bit better. You know, can I take you out for lunch or for coffee and things like that? So because you really want to make sure it's a good fit before you ask that person to be your mentor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if people love what they are listening to and want to reach out to you and you know, follow you, support you, um, where can they find you on social media, on your website? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> what is my social media? Um, on Facebook, I am Keisha Williams. That's K-E-I-S-H-A and then Williams. Um, same on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, I am... What is my name on on Instagram? I can tell you, it's Keisha, the realtor, the realtor chick. chick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Keisha, the realtor chick on Instagram. But no, yes. on that note, thank you, Keisha, you know, for coming in, sharing your story, and just being such a positive energy in our community. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. 